Well, good morning, Ms. Joan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I wanted to just get you on the call to discuss this morning's topic, this idea of you know, one size doesn't fit all, right? The, the importance of creating a personalized care plan for each client as they become a part of um, our organization and, and as we start providing care for them. And you've had a lot of experience with this over the years, families coming to you, uh, asking you, how do we create the best situation or, or care for mom or care for dad? So how do you, or how have you historically approached thinking through how we personalize the care for this particular resident or this particular client? What are the first few things that you want to try to identify in building out a personalized care plan? It's really getting to know them, who they really are. What is their history? You know, what what did they do in their younger years? Um, how even sometimes simple things like how do they? What words do they use for care? Um, it's something simple. We, we laugh about going to the bathroom. You know, some people say, I have to go tee tee. And some people say some other words. And what are the words that somebody uses for their important uh, bodily needs? Uh, how, what is their history health-wise? Um, what are some family dynamics um, that are going on, especially since you're going into someone's home, which is their very personal space, and recognizing uh, what home means to, to different people. Uh, usually it's a sense of security, you're in charge, um, and that's one of the dynamics in healthcare, that's especially in someone's home, is you're a guest you're not in charge. <laughs> and it's really easy to assume because you are the caregiver uh, that you are now in charge. And you'll tell them, you're going to get up now and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But really, you are a guest in their home and they are in charge. And so you have to learn what that means to them. And what are some of the simple things that that mean a lot to them. Um, sometimes you can use it, you know, how do you get up? You know, some people like to get up and get dressed right away, um, have their coffee. Some people want to sit in their robe and have coffee, um, do a crossword puzzle, or which is what I like to do with my dog on my lap. Um, and some of those things are, if that's really important and you want to have me feel at home in my own home, then you allow me to do the things and the routines that are meaningful to me. Uh, now you obviously have to impose certain health issues for people. I mean, if they need a certain treatment at a certain time, uh, then you have to work with the resident to help incorporate that on their terms, not on your terms. Um, and sometimes in the home, it's harder because you don't have all the equipment right here next to you like you do if you're in a more institutional setting. But how do you arrange to provide the services that they need and not disrupt their sense of home um, and their routine, what they like and what they don't like. 
So it's really getting to know the person. And even things like how do they experience pain? If they are having any kind of pain, how do they, what words do they use? Uh, have they always been a very stoic, you know, I'm going to just grit my teeth? Or are they people who, with a little ache, start crying? <laughs> and, you know, just all the things that, that have made that person who he or she is. And usually when you're going in now, they're probably in their 70s, 80s, 90s. So who they are is pretty much ingrained in them at this point in time. And again, you kept saying you are a guest in their home and you need to learn about them so you can provide the services they need. So in thinking through that initial care plan, our care plans are developed by our nurse, obviously. Um, and we talk about this concept a lot. What are those fundamental early things that we can identify about our clients that will help inform our caregivers and connecting with our clients as care progresses? But beyond who they are, what other key elements are important to identify early on um, that will inform how caregivers can build rapport and establish a connection with a client. It's again, it's who they are. What have what has been important to them in their history? Uh, what about their home is important to them? Um, how have they functioned in their home over the past years? And what has their present illness or circumstance? How is that modified? what they can or can't do in their home and how can I as the person who's providing services how can I adapt and help them adapt to the changes that that are that have happened to them you know one of the things that a lot of older people have is they lose a lot of self-esteem when they are no longer able to do the things that they used to be able to do. And that lacking of, of self-esteem can really uh, affect them in a very negative way in terms of how they are going to partner with you to help them do well rather than fighting you with it. Um, and sometimes they can see the person coming in as a as someone who's imposing things on them as opposed to enabling them to function. So you're there to help them function, but you need to know what's important to them. Yeah. One of the things that you and I have talked about is our proactive wellness plan and trying to identify the emotional, social, physical, and also um, you know, nutritional wellness of our clients, specifically in terms of social, what are the things that you feel like, and maybe even if you want to divert into uh, situations of cognitive decline, what are the social things that we can identify in a personalized care plan uh, to, to try and really maintain engagement and really social wellness for our clients? Um, what things do they like? A music, for example. Have they always enjoyed music? And if so, what kind? Classical, country? Um, especially if there's some uh, cognitive decline, music can be a real solace. 
pets? Do they have pets? And what do the pets mean to them? And can you help uh, bring that pet to them if they're feeling upset about something? Um, games, you know, do they like to play games? Um, and can, you, can they still do that? Um, reading, one of the things that that we're seeing is that a lot of people assume because someone has a memory decline, they can no longer read, which we now know is not true. Uh, we, we can do studies to see if they can read, but because they need the font to be bigger. Um, and sometimes uh, doing that and putting little notes around uh, can help them maintain their functioning. Um, the, even simple things like if their daughter is coming to visit at two o'clock um, and you can just pay, put a note and say, Joan is coming at two o'clock and that can help them uh, maintain their sense of dignity and um, functioning. So your job is to find out about them and what things can you do to help them maintain their the maximum functioning, their maximum avail ability to function in both, in all kinds of ways. Uh, you know, spirituality, if, if that, if a certain religious practice is really comforting to them, can you bring that to them? Um, in, in terms of just out of doors, sometimes some of the spirituality can be if they like a garden and if they have a garden in their home, can you go out and sit in the garden with them and let them talk there? So it's just knowing who they are, trying to bring what is has been important to them all their life and help to try to bring that into their present situation. That's so good. And then lastly, I was curious, to get your thoughts on a story, if you, if you have one, of when you've realized that there was perhaps a difficult client or a difficult situation and the traditional approach of the medical model, as we've talked about, not, not working for a particular client, but then coming in with a personalized approach, understanding their history, understanding their backstory, and that having been the breakthrough in really connecting with them. Do you have any stories like that that you could share? I'll use one um, that taught me at a very young age. Um, when I was in college um, and I was in school and it was a, I was getting my bachelor's in nursing. And when I went to on a floor to do a senior rotation, a lot of the nurses thought, you know, we college people, you know, thought we knew more than they did because they didn't get a college degree. So I got off the elevator and I heard the nurses say, give her Mr. Sammons, give her Mr. Sammons. And I thought, mm -mm -mm. so I went in and this man was about 42 years old. He was very jaundiced yellow. Uh, he was dying of cancer and he was very angry um, and dealing with that part of his grief, you know, the you know, the stages of grief. And his tray, breakfast tray came in at that point and the person left it right by his bed and I knew he could not feed himself. Um, he was that weak from his disease. So I went up and kind of took some scrambled eggs and went to feed him and he went <coughs> and I thought, 
uh-oh, <laughs> now I know why they asked him. But then I thought to myself, I finally said to him, you know, I've never worked with you before. I don't know what you like and what you don't like. Why don't we work it out that I'll ask you if you want your eggs or you want your bacon or you want your grits. Or, we don't have grits in New York, but, um, you know, and it, he said, okay. And so that's how we did it. And after that, he always wanted me to take care of him. Well, that was a very early lesson in, yeah, he had to eat his breakfast, but he had to have his own dignity about, I need to be fed, which I don't like, but I should have a choice in what I'm doing. And I've seen that a lot in a caregiving, taking situation. Um, instead of helping someone choose what they want to wear, we'll pick the clothes out for them. Um, and it takes longer to say, do you want to wear your red shirt or your blue shirt? But it's those little things that give people a sense of um, basically in charge, that I'm in charge. And yes, I can choose what I want to eat I can choose when I want to eat. I can choose what I want to wear. If I don't want to take my bath today, is the world going to come to an end because I'm upset and I'd like to maybe talk to my caregiver about what makes me sad? Maybe it's the anniversary of my husband's death and I need to just talk. Um, so we get very task oriented, but it's very easy for us to just take over and not really learn what this person wants. That's a great place to end. Thank you so much.